you're the fucking problem, but you're also the solution. You can either choose to be offended by that or inspired by that. Good morning, Cherub. Good morning, Heather. Hello, and welcome to the Cherub Chats podcast. I'm your host, Guardian Angel and Big Sis, Heather Michelle. And today we're going to be cutting the bullshit. I'm going to be grabbing you by your collar and really shaking you awake with this little nugget of information that I really think is the key to everything, to a lot of the questions that I get in. But before that, I need you to raise your hand, bring it back down onto your laptop, your phone, your iPad, your flip phone, your pager. I don't know how you're listening to this podcast, but you're going to go ahead and click follow. You're going to rate it five stars and you're going to leave a little review for me. It really helps out the podcast and it helps other cherubs find us. And if you didn't know, a cherub is basically a cute little baby angel. Cupid is like a little cherub. And you guys are sweet little baby angels in my life. And I'd like to think that I also am a little angel in your life. This week, our angels asked a wide variety of questions from sex, friendships, fashion, and health. The reason I wanted to do this episode is because I think that this one key mental shift it's actually going to help a lot of you guys out with all the questions that you guys have asked in the past two, three months. And it is that you are the problem. You are the solution. You are more in control than you give yourself credit for. And yes, there are a lot of nuances. There are a lot of things that are out of our control in so many ways. Either we can surrender all of control and all of the power or we can at least accept a touch of responsibility because either way it's going to be true like there's things out of our control and we can either give up our possible potential control up as well and be completely helpless or we can get back a little power and I think the idea that we are the problem is actually so empowering because that means that the solution is in my hands like I am capable of turning this ship around and pointing it in the direction of where I want it to go. There are so many times in my life that I have felt out of control and I wish I knew that I was still able to do something about the situation. And this is not to victim shame or anything like that. That's not my intention. My intention is to actually empower victims or people in difficult situations. There are consequences to doing what I maybe could have done, but I could have still taken power in some way. And it's very difficult when you're in an abusive situation, whether it be family or a relationship of sorts. But I could have done something and eventually I did and I got out and I faced the consequences of like going through debt and having some shelter and security for a a little bit. But... I still did it. I took back that power and I faced the consequences. And at the end of the day, the consequences aren't even a fraction of the pain that I was experiencing. Just putting my hands up and saying, well, I can't do anything. This is my mom or I can't do anything. This is what situation that I was dealt with. Recently, I I think a couple episodes have been about how the past three years in Texas have been really hard for me. I felt really lonely, really depressed really isolated. I was going through some really rough times and it wasn't until I put the responsibility in my hands like, okay, I know what is causing this pain. 
let's change something about it. And it was fucking difficult and it was a lot of fucking work to get here. But again, the pain of putting in the work was a fraction of the pain that I was experiencing just sitting around letting everything happen to me, letting life happen to me. Either you suffer now and enjoy life later or you suffer longer. And I think that's something that people don't realize. Like maybe they do realize, but they don't, they're too scared to get out of their comfort zone of what is known to actually make that step. And like, it was a fucking pain in the ass. All of that literally means nothing because now I have my fucking sanity back, you know? And I have a a tiny little bit of what makes me happy back. And Ultimately, I would do it again and I will do it again to continue to further my mental health and my happiness. The first step was realizing that no one else is making me unhappy besides myself. It's no one else's responsibility to make me happy. Not even my spouse, not my family. They have their own fucking little brains to think about and they have their own lives to get sorted and be happy for. And, you know, you might love someone with your whole heart, but ultimately being humans, like it, it really is like at the end of the day, we come into this world alone. We leave this world alone. And if you don't look out for yourself, like if you don't put yourself first, you cannot pour into other cups and you cannot be a good friend or a good spouse or a good mom or a good sister or daughter if you don't first become a good person and like satisfied within yourself the other reason i want to bring this up is because a lot of the questions that i get are how do you become motivated like it's a lot of how are you motivated how are you disciplined and again the answer is me i made myself that way i decided that i wanted something and i was not going to get over here without pushing myself to that place no one else was going to put me on a schedule no one else was going to teach me how to edit or teach me how to post or teach me how to interact my dog is having a little nightmare chatter it's okay papa um and i feel like at the end of the day when people ask questions a lot of us already know the answer oh should i break up with someone if you were 100% certain about your relationship you wouldn't be asking yourself whether you should break up with them or not should i go work out I think you fucking know the answer. How do you have the discipline? You just fucking do it. Life is really so simple. Either you do or you don't. And you just have to end up dealing with the consequences either way. And that's how I see my life and myself. Knowing that reaching our goal is on our shoulders. And nowadays we really have no excuse to not achieve a goal. How to start a podcast? Google it. How to get fit? Google it. How to become financially literate? Google it. How to get into college? Google it. How to buy a house? Google it. How to get, you know, like whatever. You can literally Google it. And if you really want something, it's literally in the palm of your hands at all times. And it's even more true today than it was 50 years ago. You are the solution to every single problem. You can at least better your situation 1%. It's in your hands. It's in your reach. You are capable of so much more than you think. And I think sometimes it is scary to realize like, wow, I'm fucked up or or there's parts of my life that I'm not 100% happy with because of me. Yeah, 
But guess what? Now you can turn it around. Now that you realize that, you can turn it around. And a lot of people, like, rely on just that spark of motivation to get them through and, like, become their ultimate form. No. And that's another problem is, like, you personally let yourself down. You fail yourself by just running on this, like, short spurt of inspiration and then you let yourself come down. And for me, a big thing is like, I am so tired of other people letting me down. I am not letting myself down. And so guess what? I'm going to show up for myself. I'm going to be the best businesswoman. I'm going to be the best content creator. I'm going to be the best person at my fitness class. I'm going to be the best XYZ that I can be. Because that's in my power. And you know, I am capable and I'm blessed to be capable. So today, I want you to take note of what you're really not happy with. Realize it is on you. I know there's exceptions. I know. Just ignore that for a second. To some extent, it is your fault. And to some extent, you can fix it and you can get yourself out of it. It might take a long time. It might be fucking hard. It might be easy. It might just flow super well. Things might just come to you so naturally. But it could be hard and it could be painful and it could be uncomfortable. Accept it and realize that you're going to have to deal with the consequences either way. Whether you choose to fix your situation or whether you choose to not. But are you willing to stay in uncomfortable pain, problem, nastiness for the rest of your life? Or are you willing to be in pain and nastiness to get out of it and eventually live in happiness, comfort, joy, bliss, whatever it is that you're chasing? Shit's just moving so smoothly because I've realized that like, oh, I was anxious because I was procrastinating? Okay, let's fix that. Let's plan better. Let's create a better schedule for ourselves, both work and and personal life and home life. I hope that was motivating for you. And now moving on to the angels questions. This first one is really juicy. My current boyfriend is so amazing. He's so sweet to me, has a lot of qualities I look for in a partner, and this is the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. We've only been together seven months, but it feels like I've known him forever, like he could be the one. My only dilemma is that his eggplant emoji is small. I know that's shallow, but in my opinion, sex is important. The sex is good, to be honest, but it could be better if he was just a little bigger. I feel like his other qualities matter more, but I just need a little extra in the bedroom. I don't know what extra we could include or how to bring it up to him. Okay, first I would say communicate. I know it's very difficult to communicate, especially surrounding someone's shortcomings. No pun intended. But I think you really want to set a good precedent for how you guys deal with problems problems in the future. So I think if you are honest with him and be like, hey, I think we should bring in maybe toys into the bedroom or to be honest, I don't know what, what there is to be done about that. I would Google it. Should we Google it? Okay. Um, Yahoo has a great article on the five best positions if your partner has a small eggplant so reading up on a couple articles it looks like you can switch up positions you can add toys um and if you don't feel like straight out 
coming to him being like, hey, so you're not satisfying me. Just take a walk in an SSC store and be like, oh, maybe we should try this. Maybe we should try that. Do your research before going in the store so you know exactly what's going to help with his shortcoming. I personally wouldn't skip out on a guy if like his personality is like the one for you or his other characteristics are the one for you but I understand that it's, it's a huge part of a relationship don't feel like you have to live with a, a slightly unsatisfying sassy life um but let's see what the cherubs had to say about that try different angles different positions use toys miss ma'am did her research um trigger warning I was in the same predicament until we did booty booty things minimal pain because he was small all jokes aside if he's opening open to trying new things it might be better than you expected along with that you could also do booty inserts if you catch man drift because I think the way it works it makes it um okay Next question. I noticed my best friend of four years wouldn't really respond to my messages or reach out. And when I mentioned it to her, she just said she's busy and we all have busy lives, which I totally understand. But it just surprised me because I don't know what really went wrong. After that convo, we haven't spoken again. I know we grow apart from Pete's life, but it makes me sad because we were friends for so long and I see her living her best life with her new friends, which is amazing for her. I just don't know what really happened for her to totally stop talking. Well, I can definitely relate to you, but on the other side, because I was the friend that was drifting away, uh, I didn't want to be friends with the girl anymore, and I thought the best way to handle it was ghosting, which in retrospect wasn't it, because she really wanted like an upfront, like, hey, this is how I'm feeling, and either you're willing to work on it or not. I know it's sad. And maybe I would ask her for closure if that's what you need. I personally, like, whenever someone's kind of being, like, shysty or ghosting, I'm just like, you know what? You can keep your friendship. I don't want it anyways if this is how we're going to deal with issues. Um, which is totally valid in my opinion. But, yeah, it sounds like maybe she's kind of moving away on purpose but I will say, on the other hand, I have a best friend who lives in New York who we rarely ever talk. Um, we're both really bad at texting. We're both really bad at, like, FaceTiming. Oh, I forgot I was supposed to FaceTime her today, actually. <laughs> and it's not that we're trying to not be friends. It's just that, I mean, I assume that she has a huge, fun, busy, crazy life living in New York. And I'm sure she probably feels the same about me, even though in my world in my POV I'm like living the most boring life anyways I would just really have a heart to heart and either be like hey if there's something wrong I would just really appreciate if you could give me some closure like let me know what happened so I can like take this experience and apply it to the next friendship oh or if you still want to be my friend let's work on our communication because I maybe require a little bit more than you do and I think Going back to like boundaries, I think it's really healthy for us to set boundaries of all types. And if you are a type of friend that requires maybe like a monthly catch up or a monthly like hangout, that's totally perfectly fine. And if she chooses not to meet that boundary, then maybe you don't need to be friends. But I would just have a conversation with her. I also feel a little hypocritical because I try to do that to a friend. <laughs> okay. 
one cherub says, message her back open and honestly asking for closure. If she doesn't, that's her loss. Yes, that's true. And I will say when my friend messaged me, it was kind of like, how did she not get the fucking message? Like, oh my God, we haven't talked in two years. But I mean, she's valid to ask and you're valid to ask. And I think just remembering that everyone has their own feelings and to respect those feelings. Like if I didn't want to be her friend, there's nothing that she could have done and said to force me to still be her friend. You know what I'm saying? And she was never really your friend. I will say like you can start off being friends and then just like in any relationship, sometimes you see sides of people that you don't like and you don't want to associate with and that's completely fine. And those same qualities that one person might not like, another person will. And that's the way of life. (laughs) I like how I have to sing at least one answer in the podcast. So my fiance's ex stalks me on social media platforms. Should I block her or let her see? Personally, I'm all about letting people see. Listen, I'm doing well and I want you to know. I think you do have to have a very strong aura and like protect yourself and like envision this veil of protection because some people te pueden echar ojo you know and whether you believe in energy or not I still feel like it affects you and like it can make you feel really tired and low energy and sad so you have to be very present and very alert and very like strong in your energy and just constantly like curete con la sangre de Cristo or like I don't know fucking sage yourself or some shit like depending on what religion or what your beliefs are like just cover yourself and protect yourself because know that some people will throw like bad vibes your way if they do see but some people they don't have they don't even have to see how well you're doing for them to hate you and like send you bad energy you know what i'm saying so personally i'm like let them see let them see how well i'm doing let them see how hot i'm looking let them see how cute i am let them see i want them to see what they're missing out on uh it's out of the old and in with the new i wiped my closet clean the other day and i want to try stores other than nordy and macy's any recommendations so if you're talking about going in the mall like off the top of my head i love h&m the h&m quality is so good they do have an eco-friendly line if you care about sustainability i actually i still love forever 21 i know people hate on forever 21 i love it um you do have to be careful inspect the clothes if your mall has an aritzia they do have it's still considered fast fashion but they do have really good quality basics don't sleep on gap okay they have some really cute clothes j crew um shoot there's so many places and i say this all the time i actually said it in the last podcast it's not about where you buy it's about your eyes and what you choose to buy so honestly i would go into every store I'd be finding shit in the kids section of Walmart too. Like, don't sleep on anything. I feel like you just have to have an open mind. And if you want to shop online, my go-to method for shopping online is literally Googling what I like. So like, white cardigan. And I will type it in Google and all these random like retailers will pop up. Um, Whether it's like ASOS, Princess Polly, White Fox, da-da-da. All the options will come up. And then that way I can kind of shop comparing them to each other and being like oh what detail do I like oh I like the ribbing on this one I don't like that 
and yeah I'm the worst person to ask like favorite place to shop because I have no favorites I cannot pick um in fact I'm so bad at picking that I make a poll about almost everything um someone said Zara oh my god Zara how could I forget about Zara people picking on me as a female any tips keep me anonymous please I love you I love you back oh sorry I'm shaking my camera oh hi mister you're so cute I love you one my favorite go-to is kill them with kindness and it's not always gonna work people will still shit talk about you but at least you have your dignity in mind and the ball is in your court some people might say that you need to bite back and you need to fight back I'm personally not that girl it makes me feel icky it makes me feel like I'm a bad person which you're in no way a bad person if you fight back but I just personally like to keep my dignity in hand and just kill them with kindness if a video goes viral I'll deal with hate comments the end of the day they're taking the time out of their life their short short life to talk about you they're fans they're your number one fan you should honestly like Set up a little newsletter for your number one fans. Like, hey, since you're so obsessed with me and you're always talking about me, here's a little email list so that you can stay up to date. When I think about the people that were being mean to me at work, I feel so fucking badass and powerful. I'm like, not that this is a competition, but I win. I win and I have my dignity intact. How to get back in the gym. I took a break for four months. You're the problem. You're also the solution. I think you know what you need to get back in and I will always say an object in motion stays in motion an object at rest stays at rest so you just need to take one small action put on your leggings put on your sports bra put on your shoes walk out the door where you go after you walk out the door it could be to the park it could be to your car to pick up a little latte it could be whatever but the action of like putting on workout clothes, it's likely going to motivate you to go move your body a little bit. Like I'm just going to go on a five minute walk on the treadmill and get the fuck out. Well, you're going to get there and those endorphins are going to start kicking and you're going to start feeling clear. And maybe it's hard at first after four months of being out, like you're probably going to be breathing heavy. I can guarantee you, you're going to want to do more than just five minutes of a walk. You're going to be like, okay, let me pick out a little five, five pound dumbbell. You're going to be lifting it, looking at yourself in the mirror, being like, damn, I look good in the sports bar. Let me pick up a heavier weight. Let me do a couple more reps. And then suddenly you're like, I can't wait to come back tomorrow. And it just, it may not be that quick, but I can guarantee you, you will want to do more once you start doing more. And I think that's the same way with everything. Like, and it ends up being a little addictive, I will say. But same thing with working out. Like today I went to class and originally I wasn't going to go to my class tomorrow, but I left class and I was like, damn, I have to go. Like, it just feels so good to move your body. It feels powerful. It feels, it feels really good to move your body. And I think we were not made to sit on a couch all day and scroll through our phones. We were made for so much more. I mean, like this world is so big and so vast and you're telling me we're choosing to take up the smallest square footage ever even if I don't ever like climb Mount Everest at least my body is kind of getting that stimulation that it would if I were to do that I will say like I also had a break recently it was like two and a half weeks and even though it's not as long as four months it did feel like a long time at least for me the anxiety of oh I haven't gone for a week it always was 
someone's going to know that I've failed myself. And I think deep, deep down inside, it was just me carrying anxiety and guilt because I failed myself. And so many, like I said in the beginning, so many people failed me and then I didn't want to fail myself. But you have to cut that shit out. The answer's in my hands. And okay, am I going to continue this streak of not moving, not working out, having, you know, anxiety or stress or not relieving, you know, this pent up energy because I, I'm scared of the, the number two and a half weeks. Well, do I want to make that three weeks? Do I want to make that four weeks? No. So let me just cut the fucking bullshit out now and let me get my ass up. A big thing for me that helped me get back in was classes. Big class pass girly. Through ClassPass, I do F45 and Pilates, and I love classes because, one, you have the accountability of, okay, you paid for it. Now, if you don't show up, not only are you going to waste that money, but you also have to pay a cancellation fee or whatever. Two, you just show up, and whatever the instructor tells you, you're going to do. It, it's still going to be hard. It doesn't make it any less easy, but the mental difficulty of pushing through is not even an option anymore we'll make excuses to cut ourselves short on our workout but at a class you can't do that at least me i'm not gonna walk out of a class that i paid for i hope you guys enjoyed this episode don't forget to follow me on instagram so you can submit your dilemmas on monday and ask your angels for advice i will see you later and don't forget you are never alone when you're part of the chair club love you bye